Good morning. You know, Paul loved Timothy. Paul had great aspirations for Timothy. He wanted to do everything he could to encourage Timothy, to have him feel comfortable in his new role as pastor, to give him all the tools that he could in order for him to be successful. And he gave some great words to Timothy in the book 1 Timothy. If you want to turn there, you can. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And it's likewise, Mike, in the same vein that we want to share these words with you. And you know these already. But like Paul admonished the Thessalonians, he wanted them to excel still more. Read with me if you will. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Starting with verse 11. But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you have been called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things. And of Jesus Christ, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time, he who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the preeminent one. My words. (laughs) Who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, Whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. O Mike, verse 20, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus have gone astray from the faith. Grace be with you. Pray with me, please. Our Father, uh, you're so gracious to us. We thank you for the moment that calls us together here, and it's you. Lord, you've called us to a life of sacrifice, and you gave us a model of what that means in your son, Jesus. And Lord, you've blessed us with an intimate relationship with yourself through him and his sacrifice for us on the cross. And Lord, for this we... uh, We express to you our deepest gratitude, knowing that the very best we can do is to lay this life down and offer it to you as a living sacrifice. And Lord, that we do today as your people, as each individual, and as a body, knowing that uh, what makes us anything of significance before you is our heart surrendered to you and your life, your spirit alive in us. Lord, you've demonstrated that in uh, all of our years, and we know that'll be true for all the years to come. And Lord, we know that this posture and relationship with you is true in the life of Mike and his family. And it's this, Lord, that has... uh, affirmed your call to him to shepherd us, to be your under-shepherd here. 
And Lord, today we celebrate and we make commitments, but we're here to celebrate and acknowledge you. And we'd ask, Lord, that you'd make every moment today meaningful to us, to Mike, to the family, to his family, to all the guests that are with us here today. We commit this time to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I think it'd probably be appropriate to introduce you to our um, uh, honored guest here this morning who uh, spoke uh, unofficially in the first service as uh, a pulpit supply. <laughs> is that what we call that? Is the next service is official here. Mike, Angela, and the kids, would you all stand and turn and face everybody here? I just uh, extend the welcome. They're, now, they're not all in order for me here, so you just, you know, if I stumble around, you just, you correct me, right, Mike? You got this? Uh, the lady standing next to you is your, is your uh, beloved wife, Angela. Did I, did I get that one right? All right. And standing right beside Angela right there, Savannah. Did I get that right? You got it? Got it down? And uh, Sophia, right? Sophia? Sophia. How do you? Sophie. That's what I know. Is that okay? All right. Ariana? Michael, and Allie, Alexandra. All right, did I get you all right? This is good. I'm just so glad that you're here and a part of our family, and this is a special day for us, too, and I want to thank you. All right. You can, uh, uh, this morning, uh, there are just um, a lot of things that uh, we want to do. There are a lot of people I understand here that uh, I've been told, people have been coming in, and I, all I see are a lot of faces in front of me, and I can't pick all of you out individually. Understand we have some pastors that are here that are visiting from other churches to help welcome you in today, Mike, and I thank you for coming. And I, I met a, uh, a Jim and Barbara Shara this morning, mom and dad, and they're here with us. And I just want to acknowledge them this morning. They, where are you? Would you stand? Mom and dad, please. All right. It's a special day. And... Um, and we have a, uh, a guest with us this morning who's come from Voyager's Church, the church that uh, Mike served in for 14 years. And uh, Mark Van Landingham is an elder there in the church, and uh, I've asked that he come and uh, I give, him a, give him the mic. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. God bless you. Good morning. I have the privilege of being here on behalf of Voyager's Bible Church. And I, I bring greetings from not only Gary Stubblefield, our senior pastor, who's in the pulpit right now as we speak, I believe, or he's just about wrapping up, but also greetings from our elder board, from the leadership and the pastoral staff at Voyagers, along with just every individual of our church that, that calls Voyagers home. And we have had the privilege of over 14 years of having the Sheriff family a part of our family. And... Um, it's not like we're saying goodbye to them as our family. They're still a part of us. But uh, those 14 years has been a privilege in just watching the, the entire Shara clan that takes up the entire front row um, <laughs> uh, grow up, but also in watching God's faithfulness in the life of Mike and Angela and the partnership they've had in ministry. You know, we've been able to watch Mike's gifts, his spiritual gifts in action, and um, the blessings we have had bestowed upon us by God is just seeing how he has taken Mike's gifts and uh, within the life of our family at Voyagers um, continually bless us 
and been able to watch him grow. And that growth has been an important part of that because today, today is not a surprise. And even though it might have been a little shock to the system, um, it's, it's not a surprise. Um, those that know Mike and have grown with Mike and Angela knew that this day was going to come. Um, that just God and the way he has creatively designed Mike um, and the, how he relationally works within the flock, and the way he teaches God's word, that there was going to be a day that God would appoint and anoint Mike into a new congregation as a senior pastor. So we are here together uh, both as, uh, I remember Charlie mentioned the passing of the mantle of leadership. And uh, in today we are passing a mantle of leadership. It happens to be the Sheriff family, from our family to yours. And um, we are really excited about it. And although it is a very bittersweet loss for our congregation, it is... uh, got to stop looking at Mike. That's not good. (laughs) It's a bittersweet loss for our congregation, but it is such a gain for God's kingdom today because we expect some amazing things that God's going to do using the sheriffs as, as his instruments in the life of this church. And as Dave went to Timothy, as the words he sought out, I, I myself this morning was looking at the book of, uh, of Timothy and some of Paul's instructions, and they're different ones than Dave had read. And uh, Paul, in writing, talk, highlighted the issue of care for con- the congregation, having proper worship, and teaching sound doctrine. And God's word says in that, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Be an example to the believers in the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And in, in looking at those words, you know, Mike, those are the words that we know you by. Love, spirit, faith, and purity. And in that spirit, we come here today just acknowledging what God is doing. And uh, we thank him and praise him for this past 14 years. And we are excited about what he has in mind in the life of Grace Church of Orange and the years to come. And so together in a partnership between Voyagers and Grace, we just praise God today and we give him all the glory for what is he doing here. And, and Mike and Angela, we just love you and your family, and you know that, and just uh, we will continue to love you, and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. I'd like to uh, invite uh, Mark Holbrook up now, too. He uh, has some words for you, Mike, and, uh, and uh, I, I give it to you here, Mark. You know, I wasn't just going to stand here and uh, hold the mic because um, I'm going to talk for more than a minute. <laughs> it is a, a special, joyful time for us as we come together, as we undertake this time of charging Mike and Angela, it is a team, uh, to coming together and acknowledging that we believe that uh, God has not only directed and brought Mike and Angela and the family here, but that uh, he has called Mike, he's called you to this place in a very special way. 
And in many ways, uh, he has not only prepared Mike to come to be our pastor in this church, but he has prepared us as a congregation as we come and as our hearts are prepared to receive um, our new uh, under-shepherd of this flock. And so I would ask you to turn in your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Here we find Peter, who perhaps more than any other of Jesus' disciples understood what it meant to receive the charge to shepherd the flock, who now, uh, in turn, turns to the uh, uh, churches that he addresses in this book in uh, Asia, what is now modern-day Turkey. Um, And he specifically stops in the midst of his charge to the church as a whole, and he addresses the elders within the church. And so this passage applies to all the elders within the church, but this morning in particular, we want to focus on you, Mike, and your charge as our preaching and teaching and senior pastor. So if you'll follow with me through the first four verses here of 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Therefore I exhort the elders among you, as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor as yet lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Well, what I want to look at, there's a lot here in the brief time that we have. I just want to focus on a couple of the things that, that Peter uh, charges the uh, elders of the church to do and to be. First, he charges them that they should shepherd the flock of God among them. There is a, uh, there is a unique relationship between animal and uh, mankind in our world that is perhaps unlike any other. And so it represents the relationship of the pastor to the church, and that is the shepherd and the sheep. We find that described beautifully in John chapter 10. And uh, so they, with that in mind, we understand that that relationship between the shepherd and his flock is first and foremost one of high dependence. The sheep in the flock are dependent upon the shepherd. They're dependent upon the shepherd to protect them from uh, that which would harm them. Sheep left alone, left on their own, soon become feeble, and they fall sick and pray to the wolves who may devour them. And it is the responsibility of the shepherd to guard that flock and to keep them from harm. And that is seen particularly in this example, in this application, by the sound teaching of God's Word. Matthew, uh, the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 on the Sermon on the Mount said, Beware of false prophets who come, in, uh, come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And so we, as the sheep of this flock, must understand that we're vulnerable and that God has placed, in particular, the elders of this church and particularly the teaching pastor in this church and a responsibility to feed us, to keep us strong in the Word of God that we might not be vulnerable to the attacks from without and the attacks from within. And so 
This picture of the eldership, this picture of the pastor is especially um, powerful in that it reminds us of the elders, that the elders are under shepherds of the chief shepherd. We see in verse 4 that the chief shepherd is a reference to the Lord Jesus himself. You recall when David prayed in, in that most famous of Psalms, chapter 23, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. When you think about that, the under-shepherd of the church is responsible in some way to be the agent of the Lord himself, of guarding the flock, of making sure that they shall not want, of feeding them, of protecting them, of leading them to the green pastures and the still waters, of restoring our souls. God and God alone does that, but he uses the pastor, to proclaim the power of his word and to feed the flock. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. As we heard Mark say earlier, that the charge that Timothy Timothy received from Paul was that he loved those that are in the flock. And Mike, it is your responsibility first and foremost to demonstrate your love of the sheep by first and foremost feeding the sheep and caring for them, and protecting them. It is a deep responsibility. It is perhaps the greatest responsibility that any man could carry before the Lord, caring for the flock of, the flock of God. That's why uh, I think it's particularly of note that this is Peter giving this charge. Peter, the one in John chapter 21, when Jesus appeared for the third time in the book of John after his resurrection to the disciples, He asked Peter these series of pointed questions. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he was probably pointing to the fish that they were eating for breakfast that morning. Do you like me more than these fish? Seemed like the most foolish question to Peter at the moment. And he said, well, yes, Lord, you know that I, I have deep affection for you. And Jesus said, he didn't correct him and say, I ask you, do you love me deeply? Not if you have affection for me. He didn't say that. He simply said, Tend my lambs, tend my lambs. And the second time it says in John 21, verse 16, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I have deep, deep affection for you, Lord. And the Lord Jesus didn't correct him again. Instead, he said, shepherd my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he'd said it to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. I care deeply for you. And Jesus said to him, ever so lovingly, even as a shepherd to his sheep, Peter, tend my sheep. I don't think Peter got it then, but in his sufferings and in his ministries and in those intervening years, he got it. And at this point in writing this letter to the churches of Asia, he said to the elders, just as I have been charged to feed the sheep, Jesus himself told me, the chief shepherd told me to feed the sheep, to care for the sheep, to shepherd the flock, so must you shepherd the flock of God. If you recall from last week, Paul's charge to Timothy, guard the treasure. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul says, O Timothy, Guard what has been entrusted to you. Mike, guard what has been entrusted to you. And in 
2 Timothy chapter 4, as we saw last week, Paul said, I solemnly charge you, preach the word. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, it says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching because you are charged not just with giving great sermons. You're charged not just with coming up with really good illustrations. No, you're charged with opening the very oracles of God, Mike, and revealing them to the people and helping them hear and understand and apply. And as you are faithful, Mike, we will be changed. We will grow. We will be strong. We will be protected from the evil one. And we will so glorify the Lord in this place. The second part of this I want to look at very briefly. He says in verse 3, proving to be examples to the flock. Proving to be examples to the flock. Mike, in your life, as you would dare to stand up here and feed the flock, you must first and foremost be fed. And you must first and foremost be an example to us of credibility, of a life that in some measure is a reflection of the very life that you would expect us to live as believers. Whether you like it or not, you're a model. You're in the limelight. People are looking to you. And may we be faithful as your flock to pray for you, to care for you, to encourage you, to, as it were, feed you with our faithfulness and our encouragement so that you in turn will be strong to feed us when you open the book. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, in conduct, in love, faith, purity, show yourself an example to those who believe, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. And the reward, the reward for the faithful pastor, it says in verse 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. There's a special crown, a special reward that God says is prepared for the elder who faithfully teaches the Word of God. God has prepared that which is special for the one who shepherds the flock. I'm not sure what that crown of glory is, but I'll tell you what, when Peter, Peter knew what it was. Peter said in verse 1, he was a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. He saw Jesus on this earth. He saw Jesus crucified. He saw his sufferings. And he saw, along with James and John, um, the Lord Jesus transfigured with the very glory of God. And I believe that in a very special way, the faithful pastor is a reflection of the glory of God. And so that is the way that he gives glory to God. And Mike, may that be true for you in your ministry in the days to come. May you, be, may you not only be charged by us this day, but may you be empowered and charged by the very word of God, by his spirit, in his presence, reflecting his glory from glory to glory. Be transformed. And in so doing, powerfully preach God's word. Teach us, shepherd us, Mike. And may we be found faithful as your sheep. May God bless you in your ministry in the days to come. Today is not just uh, the first day for Mike and the family to be here to lead us, but it's the first day in which we get to be his sheep. And the scriptures have a whole lot to say to us is how we relate uh, to God's shepherd. And um, 
just a few verses that I've pulled out of here, but the key thing I want us to understand is the context of what we are here as the body of Christ. When we come together, and this is church, we are the physical representation of Christ on earth here right now. We are his body. And remember the verse that's on the the front of our bulletin uh, every Sunday morning just to remind us the fact that uh, it is God who has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. You're here because God has done something in your heart and called you here, and he's called you here for a purpose, and it's a purpose in which you get enriched, but it's a purpose in which you serve. And God has placed each of us here for his purpose, and we have called Mike to lead us as our pastor. But it's God who has affirmed his call in Mike's heart. It's God who has placed Mike and his family here, not us. Understand that perspective. It is to God and his man that we owe our allegiance and our support. It's a perspective. God's perspective. I have five quick charges to the whole congregation here, to all of you this morning. And um, two of them come out of Hebrews chapter 13. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. And I say, follow Mike's faith. I have observed Mike's consistent love for God, for his word, and for God's people. I've heard that affirmed by everybody I've talked to who knows him. He demonstrates confident, courageous faith. And he highly values right relationships between God's people. And I challenge you to observe Mike and to imitate the integrity of his faith. And I challenge you to accept Mike's leadership. In verse 17 in Hebrews 13, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls, as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be, not, this would, uh, would be unprofitable for you. And I want to say that Mike is well aware that he is an under-shepherd and is going to give an account to the chief shepherd. Jesus prompts in his heart, what he wants his under-shepherd to do in his body. And we're to listen and to follow. God holds us accountable for our responsiveness to him. And I challenge you, don't resist him, nor complain. Mike is reasonable. You can talk with him. Let his service among us be a source of joy in his life, not only for Mike, but for Angela. I challenge you to honor Mike as the under-shepherd, as the elder, as the pastor here. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Honor comes in many forms, Uh, respect, submission, celebration. In this scriptural context, honor is reflected in financial remuneration. I can say this now. He's worthy of double honor. Don't hinder his service among us by not providing adequate finances for him. Be generous. And all I want to say to you is this, is that you have treated Carl and I very well. And we're grateful. I said, don't change your policy with Mike. Only increase it.
Let your generous heart continue as you honor our lead pastor. And I want to challenge you too to guard Mike's reputation. 1 Timothy 5:19 Do not be do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. And I don't want to say guard your heart. Guard your lips. Close your ears to the things that are not for you to hear. Rumors don't belong in the body of Christ. Do not speak ill of your lead pastor. Don't listen to complaint. Direct your concerns to Mike personally and graciously. If you are not heard, speak with another elder. They'll be gracious with Mike too. But be supportive of Mike, an evangelist. A pastor, any leader, knows that he wears a target. Believe the best of Mike and trust him to the Lord. And the last challenge to you out of the scripture comes from Ephesians 6. In the context of Paul telling the Ephesians there's a spiritual warfare that's going on. And these are the tools of that warfare. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And then Paul says, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. In this text, uh, Paul concludes with a commandment to pray. And while we are praying for one another, he says, pray for me that I may speak the truth well. And I've learned as your pastor here that my effectiveness is directly related to your prayer for me. Hold up Mike daily in your prayers. Thank God for him. Pray that God would enrich his life and Angela and the family. Pray that God would deliver him from the evil. That God would continue to provide. Pray the prayer we prayed this morning. And prayed in behalf of Mike and the family. But pray for him. God will bless not only Mike, but he'll bless all of us. And I come as a a member of the congregation now, Mike, to recognize you and to offer my submission to you and God's leadership through you. I love you, my friend. I'm going to ask that the elders would come. And I'd... uh, I'd also invite, if we've got some elders that are present here with us from uh, Voyagers, you want to come up and join us, but we want to gather around Mike and we want to pray and, and commit him to the Lord here now this morning. I guess I could tell you, Mike, you could take any posture you want before the Lord, but I don't know if I want you laying flat on the floor right now. <laughs> but uh, We're here, Lord, not that, that there's anything that we have to impart to you. Accept our loyalty, our commitment, our desire for you. We know it's the Lord who has called you, and it's the Lord who commissions you, and the one who strengthens you, leads you. But uh, we give to you our uh, our commitment, and we want to pray. Please, Amen. Our Father, uh, we are so grateful to you for the intimate relationship that you grant to us with yourself through your son, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the whole idea and design of the body, that we're all members, one of another, belong to each other and under you, the headship, and that you grant to us uh, the physical uh, support and strength and help and encouragement that comes from one you call the under-shepherd. 
And Lord, today we want to give thanks to you for your call upon Mike's heart. I thank you, Lord, for all the years of preparation, both in his home and in school and in the ministry and the service that you've granted to him and all that you've taught him in relationship of what it is to shepherd and granting to him a family and a wife who's supportive of him. And may we be supportive as well, Lord. Today, Lord, we recognize that we are totally dependent upon you, as does Mike. And even as he submits himself to you and seeks your direction, your empowerment, Lord, your spirit, full within. So, Lord, we come. We offer ourselves to you, and we offer ourselves to Mike. And, Father, we commission uh, Mike now, uh, from our earthly perspective, with whatever authority you have granted to us now, Lord, we come and we commission Mike to the ministry of the, the, the shepherd, the oversight of this body, and commit ourselves to support him in that. Lord, you're just far too gracious to us. And we want to thank you for this moment and look forward to all that you're going to accomplish here, both in Mike's life and in us as a body. And to that end, we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mike, I understand you had something you wanted to say. Is that right? He's already forgotten it. I just want to say it's a a privilege and an honor to be able to serve as your pastor and to, uh, as Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. And I just want to build upon the foundation that has already been laid here through Ed and through others. And I do thank uh, Mark Van and Mark Holbrook and Ed for the words you shared this morning. And uh, I just want... uh, to keep focusing on Jesus first as, as a body, as you have been doing. And uh, thank you. All right. It's appropriate to give a welcome to Mike and Angela and the family. This is good. Well, it's time to party. It's all out in the plaza and go and celebrate.